This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not, it works. No, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? But, but nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I'm, about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get early access to the GameZilla Alpha. Exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words are right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash media and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. This is Chops. And Craig WK. And today we are talking about... A video game based on a great cartoon, and it is called Pirates of Dark Water. Pirates of Dark Water uh, for the Super Nintendo was released in May of 1994. It's a beat 'em up game from Sunsoft. Uh, it's you know, like Chop said, it's based on the cartoon of the same name. It stars the young Prince Ren, who must gather 13 magical treasures, which can destroy a malevolent organism that seeks to devour everything on the alien world of Myrrh. Man. That sounds like the United States government on the United States of America. No, no. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly that. Except for pirates. And pirates makes everything better. You're not wrong about that. Now, uh, we have a special guest for today uh, to talk about this game. We do. And it is someone who has, let's say, been making waves in this game. Get it? Pirates, ships, water. (sighs) Boom. Perfect tie-in. We have mm-hmm. 8-Bit Steve here. Yeah. Prefer I'm, 8-Bit Steve. Yeah. You can, I mean, some people call me 8-Bit, some people call me Steve, some people call me 8-Bit Steve. It just depends on what you what you prefer. 8-Bit right. to his friends, but 8-Bit Steve to me and Chops. That's fine. I get, okay, maybe. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. I, I Didn't you mention that as uh, I was walking in, you like whispered it as I was walking by? No, I do not whisper. <laughs> Oh, this is I didn't know that yeah. the whole time. Eight bit Steve facts. I do not whisper. Oh, ooh, but never yell facts. either. I yell sometimes, but usually not on the podcast. Oh, okay, okay. all right, fair enough. Yeah. So, eight bit Steve, I uh, I want to ask. You have uh, I I would say uh, some substantial relevance to this game. Yes. And the world itself, correct? Yes, I do. So do, do explain. I, have, I have two two tie-ins here. The first one is that I hold a speed one. Oh, jeez. Speed run world record for this game for co-op, so it's two-player. And also, I have an interesting story about how that record came about, and it's relevant to GameZilla. You guys don't know about that story yet, though. Yeah, I, I know. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I, so I, we've known each other for not too long. Not too long. We just had a Some tournament mm-hmm. uh, with the Glitch's house, and you destroyed it. Not destroyed it. It was an awesome last game. It was. It was pretty great. That was a really great last match. We'll we'll chat about that at uh, uh, some point here. And 
during my research of this game, so we kind of picked out a handful of games that we wanted to talk about, and I think I chose this one, or did you choose this one? I had given you a list of like a million games that I want to talk yeah. about, and you were like, you cherry-picked a couple. Yeah. So this is one of them, and in my research, I have been looking more at speedrun records for games that we've been talking about because I'm really interested in watching speedrunning, and... I was like, oh, there's two categories for this as a, as a single player and a co-op. And most categories, or, well, typical categories for a speedrun are any percent, 100%, no glitch. Like Those are more common ones that you hear thrown around. Mm-hmm. And I saw this. I was like, oh, I wonder who has this. And I look at the name. And it wasn't 8-Bit, Steve, was it? Yeah. It was 8-Bit, Steve? Okay. Yeah. Because I, th- I found a couple names for you on on uh, different like social media things or, or YouTube and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, that looks familiar. And then I <laughs> like started to look into it some more on my own. I'm like, wait a minute. I know this guy. And then that's just kind of how it worked for me, completely stumbling on it. But I'm assuming they're, the GameZilla tie-in that you have is, is much more interesting than me just randomly finding your name in this. Well, I'm, not, I'm just, I'm glad. I'm famous now. I yeah, mean, you, you, you can just randomly find me on the internet. Right. Um, the name thing is, so uh, I used to use the number 8-bit, mm-hmm. Steve. Um, a lot of places won't make let you make a, a username with like a dash in it. So I like to have eight dash bit, Steve. So on some websites, uh, I have to use the word eight. So it's like eight bit, Steve, the word. Oh, Um, okay. So it just kind of like varied when I first started. I didn't realize where I was going to be now back then. So on on speedrun.com, which is probably where you saw that, it's eight bit, Steve, with the word. Okay, that's why it was different. Okay. So for our listeners who who aren't as, as, you know, maybe privy to to the, the subject, Speed running when mm-hmm. it comes to that in video games, it's just getting through the game as quick as you can. Then, and it's just you know holding a record. Is is what all entails that? That's a lot. Um, it's hard to explain unless you really experience it. Even guys that uh, you know, I bring in guys to try to speed run. It, it takes a while for them to kind of comprehend what a speed run is about. In a in layman's terms, it's basically just trying to play the game as fast as possible, mm-hmm. and that includes using any glitches, any things that you can use, shaving corners. Sometimes you're shaving one or two frames with specific tricks, and the goal is to play it over and over and over again until you hit as many of those time-saving tricks as possible. You know, you want to get eight out of ten, nine out of ten of those in a run, and you post it up and hope that somebody doesn't put the time in to get all ten or find new oh. technology. Um, so like, like tool assisted stuff. Yeah. Tool assisted stuff finds a lot of things, but a lot of stuff in tool assisted is like immensely difficult. So it's it's hard to, it's hard to get that into a run, but some stuff does, but mostly it's just, uh, playing the game over and over again, resetting thousands of times (laughs) and, uh, becoming such an expert at the game. So for you guys, like when you play a game and you play it a whole bunch of times all the way through, you start to feel like, hey, I'm really good at this game. Yeah, and sure, I'm sure. better than other people at this game. Speedrunning is like the next generation of that, where you're so good at the game, you just literally know what every enemy is going to do. You know every special jump. You know every single thing. And when you play it with your friends, they're like, man, what's the, I hate this guy. Like, This guy is telling me how to do everything the, the wrong way because I, I know how to do it the easy way, which is like, oh, I'll stand in this corner and the boss won't hit me and I'll just attack him. Whereas you in a speedrun, you're not doing that. You're like aggressively going after stuff. Mm-hmm. So I gotcha. It's okay. very different. Okay. So we uh, today we're, of course, talking about Pirates of Dark Water. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Now, uh, 
let's let's chat a little bit about the gameplay because I, I want our listeners to at least have a good idea of what the game's about before we start getting into the details of like uh you know your speed run on the game because I, I definitely want to know some of the the tricks that you use to to get the the world record there yeah uh so it's a beat em up yep so it's you pretty much just run around. You uh, get to choose your character. So you're either the young Prince Rend, who's like the all around character. Mm-hmm. There's Tula, who's the uh, the female character who's uh, uh, in the show. She's a like a uh, magic user. She's a geomancer. I don't know if she has abilities like that in the game, though. No. No. Okay. Yeah. So she she's the quick and agile one, of mm-hmm. course, because every beat em up needs a female who's the quick and <laughs> yeah, agile one. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, you have Ayaz, who's the the slow guy who with the big sword who hits harder. Yep. And it's it's pretty much a clone of a lot of the Super Nintendo beat em ups, like Final Fight. You know, uh, Ayaz is the Hagger, and you know, Cody mm-hmm. is the Ren, and then they always have like uh, Final Fight Two has uh, Carlos. That's like Tula. Mm. So it's it's very it's very cookie cutter as far as that structure goes. But in my opinion, the gameplay of this is a lot more fun than Final Fight. The game is a lot longer. There's more enemies. There's more levels. Music is good. So I, I love this game, which is one of the reasons why we you know, wanted to do the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally uh, get that. It's uh, uh, a really fun game. I rented it when I was a kid. I never owned it, sadly. Uh, but like, you know, after some years went by and emulation started to become a thing, you know, me and my buddies would be like, oh, let's just play a game. And I was always the one who's like, you guys want to play Pirates of Dark Water? <laughs> and they were like, no, no, Craig, let's play let's play something else. And it was like, oh, <laughs> I don't play Pirates of Dark Water. Jeez, oh, I got obsessed with it because of the show. So I... I would, the only reason why I played this was because I watched the show, and I mean, I was not good at it. <laughs> I was not good at this game, so I did not get very far into it. I, I more or less wanted it to fill the hole of not being able to watch more episodes of the show. Um, oh, God. I, because it was sadly uh, cut short. I, I really want us to to take a lot of time on the, the, the cartoon here, so we'll, we'll get to that, but I... Man, that hurt. Yeah, that that hurt not being able to finish that series. It's a tragedy. It really is. It is. I, I, oh, I, I. When it comes to the the gameplay though of uh, Pirates of Darkwater, I could be mistaken, but it has special moves that drain your health that hit all the enemies around you. Right? Isn't that one of the shticks of the uh, the game? I believe that is correct. Um, it has, uh, in all fairness, it has been a while since I played it. That record is reasonably old. Uh, it's oh. at least six to seven months old. So I haven't picked up the sticks on that in a while. Um, but the special moves are very, uh, very important uh, for the speed run. But, um, you know, like I said, it's 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 a great game. There's, I agree with you guys. The show was, I'm probably in the room with the only two people that I know that like Pirates of Dark Water, the show. A lot really? of people hate on it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I feel like my brother loves it as well. He's wow. the one who kind of got. We should to watch start a fan club because of just Pirates. Of- we could do <laughs> fanfic. We can make episodes that continue on after they've ended. Done. I, but I, not, I might the, have. not the dirty kind, Craig. Oh. Well, I don't know if I can be of any assistance then. <laughs> uh, the uh, yeah, the sh- the show was was really good. Like uh, I actually, uh, if we're if we're gonna talk about the cartoon now, if you're forcing my hand, we're not. But go ahead. I bought the DVD box set maybe last year, and I watched it again because I was like, you know what, I really like this, but it's been years since I've seen it. Does it hold up? actually kind of does yeah it uh it holds up pretty well the the first like few episodes like the pilot to the series the it's like i don't know three to five episodes long to you get the story started it's really good 
Like, it's really, really good. When they started to mass produce the show, it, the quality kind of dipped a little bit, you know, and the it became, you know, a little bit more dragged out, which is kind of a shame. But no, it's it's great. It uh, it actually had surprising voice talent behind it. Are you guys familiar with the, some of the voices that were on the show? A little bit. I, I mean, I, I like one. As, as a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, though, like... I think of that generation, mm-hmm. those ones, those cartoons in that era were really good. I liked, I like a lot of Hanna Barbera cartoons. And yeah, I, I really think, like them. I too. think this was just one of those ones that just unfortunately didn't appeal to enough of a wide audience. Well, here's the thing: the reason why the show was canceled is because it wasn't meeting time like constraints. Oh, they were taking too long? Yeah, they just took too long to make the episodes. And so Hanna-Barbera was like, hey, you keep missing air dates. Like, what's going on? And finally, Hanna-Barbera just canceled the show and pulled the plug on it. That sucks. Right? Bunch of slackers. Yeah, yeah. I don't... I, I mean, the, the quality of the show was was reasonably high for, yeah. for that era, I feel like. You know, I mean, the, the art was gorgeous, you know? I mean, so I, I think it probably just took them a little longer. But, uh... But no, so you have Frank Welker did mm-hmm. Niddler the uh, the Monkey Bird. Yep, uh, that's a big one. Hate that guy. <laughs> Why? Really? Yeah, because of the voice of Nibbler. No, he also. Well, I'm pretty sure he also does the voice of Slimer. Yes, he does. And I hate that voice. Uh, well, <laughs> it, it, imagine a cartoon voice, and there's a pretty good probability that Frank Welker did the voice. Yeah, he does all the annoying character voices. Like he does a lot of animal noises and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Niddler is like the worst part of the show in my opinion um really i i didn't yeah. i didn't love him but i also didn't hate him but you love everything else pretty much yeah. so well, that's why he's, he's the worst part of the show no he's <laughs> the reason why i craved watermelon whenever i watched that show <laughs> Big uh, yeah, I, just, I wanted to eat so much watermelon like just <laughs> thinking about it like i wish i had Watermelon right here next to me that I could just eat while we're talking. I could go this. for a Minga Melon. Man, no, watermelon. <laughs> That's the only equivalent I have. A Minga Melon's not real. No, Maybe but I, not to you, Chops. <laughs> I think it's more like a grapefruit than it is a watermelon in the show. Is it? Yeah. Well, that really? Makes me, that makes me it's, upset. it's round, you know, it's more like a like a giant grapefruit. Oh, uh, that it? could be. Yeah, I, no, it was rough. colored green and, and, and like, red and like dark right? green, right? I, it was green on the outside, I thought. I, I don't know. I don't remember. You know what? I'll look this up while you guys yeah. continue. It's <laughs> I mean, very important to me. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, aside from Frank Welker, you had Tim Curry did the voice of Conk. Oh, yeah. The the little squat, you know, jerk pirate who is just a blithering idiot. He's Smee. <laughs> yeah, pretty much evil Smee. Yeah. Uh, you had Peter Cullen who did the voice of Mantis, the first mate of the pirate lord Bloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Cullen, of course, is Optimus Prime. Yep. Frank Welker is Megatron. So yep. essentially you had you have Optimus Autobots. Prime and Megatron on the show through Niddler the Monkey Bird and Mantis the uh 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 the pirate. Nice. Yeah, yeah Mega so Melon. It's, it, it's it's green. It it's got lines like a watermelon, but he, you eat the whole thing. Yeah. Skin and all. Weird. Huh. Uh so <laughs> Anywho, uh, <laughs> aside from uh, uh, that, here's the one that just utterly blew me away. This this one I had no idea. And the name might not catch you guys, so so bear with me. But Brock Peters played Bloth. Are you either of you familiar with Brock Peters? I know you are, even if you can't think of the name. That sounds familiar, but I can't think it's, of it. It's not familiar to me. Brock Peters played Tom Robinson in To Kill a Mockingbird. 
Well, oh, that's um, funny because I've never seen that movie. I've, really? Yeah. I've, I've never seen it either. Oh. Seriously? Yeah. Neither of you have seen this. This is one of those awkward moments, moments where somebody brings something up that they think everyone has seen. Yeah, sorry, Craig. No. I'm very sure that everyone should have seen this movie. Not in school? Not in anything? So, no, I don't think so. Would you, like, cut class that day? I don't think I read a lot or did a lot of those movie watchings in school that I should have done. Well, I, went, I went to Wayne Public Schools. We don't really have movies there. Uh, they're pretty <laughs> low budget. So. All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Books are scarce. All right. Well, anyway, sorry uh, to crush your dreams. I, I'm a little disappointed that no one else gets to be as excited as I am about this. But basically, uh, for every other person listening to this who uh, obviously has seen To Kill a Mockingbird, like two people, I'm pretty sure it's more than two people. <laughs> I, I, good God, I hope so. Anyway, uh, it's it's like one of the best movies ever. Blah blah blah. But yeah, he's it's it's okay. a very important character in that. Never mind. No, it's, yeah, this, we're good. Yeah, let's move on. The hype, uh, the hype that he's giving that. Let's go with. We never went back to how. This ties in with Gamezilla. Oh, you guys want to hear that? Yeah, that okay? I, I do want to hear about that before we uh, get to the uh, the music of the game here. And then the in-depth in of the, yeah. And okay. then more, even more about the cartoon, because why not? No. It's, uh, it's semi-long. It should take a few minutes, I think. Um, so back months ago, almost a year ago probably, um, 8-Bit Steve was a lot smaller. You know, I had probably 50 likes on my Facebook page like 20-something likes on my YouTube. It's pretty small. Mm -hmm. um, I only had two records, which were the two NES ones, um, and I didn't have the other three that I have now. Um, so I I started looking around at podcasts, and I said, hey, I want to branch into this, and I, I paired with a different podcast. I'm not going to mention their name. They're no longer around. Mm -hmm. um, I paired with them. I started doing live shows with them, and at the time, Midwest Media Expo was going to be here in Michigan, right? And mm -hmm. uh, the, the guy that runs Yumacon also run, ran that convention. So just by chance, this YouTuber, Cornshack, was coming to this expo. And I had been watching him for a long, long, long time. So I reached out to him right away and I said, hey, I'm with a podcast. I want to do an interview of you. Can we get an exclusive interview? And he said, yes. I mean, I, I kind of harassed him a little bit, but he, he did it. So I was like, sweet. So uh -huh. I, I told this podcast, I was like, hey, I got this interview. I need somewhere to put it. Bring me on your podcast, right? They're like, yes, yes, we want you. Cool. Well, uh, that expo ended up not happening because the 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 hotel itself changed management, oh, and they were like, wow. they were like, hey, um, you have this con. How does this work? And they're like, oh, well, we have the con, and then we pay you after. And the hotel was like, no, 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 no. You're paying us up front, or you're not having the con. Oh. And then and he and the the owner was like, hey, that's not how cons work. That's not how this this model works. So yeah. we can't do that. And they're like, all right, you're not having it. So they canceled oh, the convention. Oh, that's crappy. It was horrible, yeah. So wow. all the guests, most of them didn't come, but some some had like a side con at a different hotel like to appease fans. But Cornshack got invited to YumaCon, which is not something he would normally come to, but he got free entrance into it because of what happened at Midwest Media Expo. So that was in no, uh, really early in the year. YumaCon was five months later. So fast forward five months. That, mm -hmm. that podcast is broken up, oh, gone, man. defunct. Um, I'm no longer with them. And it's Yumacons coming up. In that meantime, I had called, I had done more research and tried to find another podcast that I could be a part of or talk with. And I talked with Jay on the phone and uh, tried to figure out some way that we could work together. But at the time, I didn't have any any real things to offer him. I had some speed run world records, but they were, you know, you guys had Legend Retro still. They didn't have Noobs and Dragons yet. And I didn't have any interviews for Alpha or anything to bring to Alpha. I didn't have any game news. I didn't have anything to, like, do. So he was like, yeah, we want to work with you, but eh, you know, you don't got much for us, you know, which is totally fair. 
So fast forward to November now, I email Cornshack and I'm like, hey, do you want this interview? He's like, yes. So now I have this interview with this YouTuber with Uh 20,000. I've never done an interview before. I have no interview recording equipment. (laughs) I have no podcast. I have nowhere to put this thing. And I'm just like freaking out. I'm like, oh, man. So I messaged Jay and I was like, uh, Grimlock. And I was like, hey, I have this interview and I don't have anywhere to put it. Can I be on your podcast? Like, bring me on at least for this just so I can do this. Because I I thought at that time, hey, this Cornstack guy is going to be a big thing for me. He's going to pump it to 20,000 people. That'll be good for 8-Bit Steve. And I was like, I'll get on the podcast once and it'll be that'll be that. So I call this other guy. I have no way to record it, right? And Jay's not mm-hmm. going to loan me equipment because he doesn't know me. He's never met me in person before. <laughs> um, so I call this other guy, Adam. He's uh, like a film guy. And he's never met me in person before. I've only talked on the internet. I was like, hey, I got this interview with this YouTuber. It's really big. Can you film it for me? And he said, yeah. So in la- uh, very late notice, he f- drives out to Yumacon with his film equipment. We get into Cornshack's room. We film the interview. It turns out really, really well. I show it to the GameZilla guys, and they're like, this is awesome. We want it on podcast. So that's how So that's how uh, that interview happened, the mm-hmm. first, very first podcast. Was. So how does Pirates of Darkwater tie in? That's what you're waiting for, right? Yes, that, I, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know if you noticed this, Chops, but if you look at the previous world record holder for Pirates of Darkwater, it's Cornshack and some other guy. Oh, really? Yeah. So after I got that interview... Uh, when I knew that GameZilla was going to take it, I looked at some of the world records for Cornshack, and I was like, I want to get one of these guys' world records. Like, I want to show this guy that I'm legit, and mm-hmm. I want him to work with me in the future. Like, mm-hmm. I want to show him I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So I, I watched this Pirates of Darkwater playthrough, and I did my process on it, and I wrote down where I thought we could save time. And then I played it, and I was like, man, there's a lot of time here. I was like, there's over 10 minutes here that I've found, you know. So I got my one of my friends, and I was like, "Hey, uh, he's he's never done a speed run before, but he's pretty he's pretty decent." I was like, "Hey, this is really easy. Can you do this with me?" I was like, "Just play it. It's all you gotta do is play. I'll show you a couple little tricks. It's very simple." He said, "Yeah, sure." We played through it, I think two or three times, and we beat their record by like seventeen minutes. Holy wow. cow! Yeah, that's a big drop. Yeah. Well, it's part of the process of analyzing. It's, yes. You yeah. know. So I found a bunch. They didn't when they when Cornchek and this guy did this. It was very casual. They right. didn't really do much. They played through it maybe four or five times. So we beat it by 17 minutes, and uh, the whole idea of that was I was gonna, sh- I was hoping Cornshack would notice, like, hey, oh, 8-Bit Steve's interviewing me, and all of a sudden 8-Bit Steve beat my record, but he never made the correlation. And then when when I was in the interview after afterwards off air, he I was like, hey, uh, just so you know, mm-hmm. you lost your you lost your Pirates of Darkwater record. He's like, yeah, somebody beat it. I was like, hey, that was me. And it was just so awkward. Oh no! Really? Like it backfired on me. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, yeah." I, I got this with this friend, and I don't like him anymore. And we got in a fight, and we're not gonna ever get that record back. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay. Um, great talking to you." Uh, so oh. it, it it didn't have the effect that I wanted it to have. Oh no! <laughs> that's like when you meet your idol. It's like a, a celebrity, and you like talk to them, and then you just find out that they're either a jerk or. It just yeah goes awkward. That's no. that's super that's, awkward. That's, it was ultra awkward. So oh, that's man. how the Pirates of Dark Water world record came about. I probably never would have done that if it wasn't for Cornshack having that record. So interesting. Are, are you gonna headhunt his other records? <laughs> <laughs> People already do that. Um, the the ones that he has are just not very interesting to me. The biggest one that he has that I think he is really important about is Eight Eyes for the NES. Mm-hmm. I find the game just god awful oh, and okay. i wouldn't want to go for it but no i um 
I've moved on from that. I, I, uh, I, I had no disrespect to him at all. I really appreciated the interview and everything that he did. And he got me involved with Gamezilla. And now that's bigger and bigger things are coming from that. Um, I just wish, I wish we could have, uh, I wish we could have been better friends after the interview. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that worked out. Uh, for whatever reason, probably because of me calling him out with the Pirates of Dark Water thing. But uh, it's good that you didn't do it on the show, on that recording. Oh, no. that would have that's, been hilarious. That's very, I'm of that conversation, I'm very glad it happened off, off No, mic. you are the first to hear about that, other than my friend Gene, who, who oh, did okay. the record with me. Now so. everyone wow. will hear about it. Everyone will hear about it, yes. But hopefully not him. I don't think he's listening to the podcast. So. Yeah, that's fine. Korchak, uh, uh, we're just calling you out I'm right gonna, now. I'm going to put him in the, the title air. of the episode. Uh, and the SEO. Uh, Click, no. Just make some clickbait that's like, corn check, we're calling you out. <laughs> not going to happen. I am not calling him out. I just, no. I did the one thing, the one record. Yep. And yeah. Now he, uh, so I've seen the speed run at AGDQ or uh, SGDQ. I can't remember which one it was. And was mm-hmm. it him that, that did that one? Do the you Pirates know? of Darkwater yeah. one? Yeah. I don't, re- I don't recall that. No. I thought I saw the speed run online. I don't think it was him. I don't think he's ever been to a GDQ. Okay. Don't get. I'm, don't even get me started on AGDQ. I, that's a whole other episode. Oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah. We're gonna talk about that off mic then. Yes, for sure. Um, I know so much about AGDQ. You wouldn't. So, so you beat this record for yep. this guy you're interviewing. Yes. It ties into us because it's the first show you did and posted. Correct. You slew so, your legend with your own two hands. <laughs> and yes. you, so you you did this record with your friend, uh-huh. and you've had experience prior to that speed running, but also just an enthusiast of of eight bit, sixteen bit games or whatever. Yeah. I uh, and again, um, it's hard to explain, but speedrunning is not exclusive to a specific console. The, right. the process and strategies and methodologies apply to pretty much any console. So, I can, even though I'm a generally an eight bit guy, I like NES. I can play Super Nintendo or Sega games. I have a world record in a Sega game. I have a world record in a Super Nintendo game and NES games. Can be applied anywhere. Okay. So it's mostly just like, hey, is this game cool? Can I reset it a thousand times and not hate my life? <laughs> Then yeah, let's do it. Okay. So pretty much any game you can play over and over and over again, anyone could have the potential to get a world record. You would think. Yeah, anyone. Uh, I and uh, you know if you ever watch the Corn Check interview, this is very true. World recording is eighty percent time. Um, you know, ten percent skill. So most people have the skill for it. That's not the issue. It's just do you want to put the time on it? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, uh, we got a we got a guy recently. His name's Chris. He's on my uh, the other podcast show. Plug the other. I have a new podcast coming out. Yeah, well, uh, not there do you yet. Wanna, do you want to say anything about it? Or no, uh, I will. We'll just do it at the end of the show. Okay, all right. But I have a new podcast coming out. I have a guy on that podcast. His name is Chris. I introduced him to speed running, and he loves Halo. Okay, so he was like, I want a Halo world record, and I said, Well, look, if you work with me, you will have a Halo world record. It might not be a week, it might not be a year, but you will have it if you follow my methodologies. And he's like, Oh, I'm great at Halo. I've played it my whole life. It's my favorite game. Day day one the the defeat on his face oh no right because Ooh. it it's it hits you so hard when you see what you have to do and you realize that your skill level and your knowledge level is so much lower than you expected it to be it it's hard to swallow for some people but it seems insurmountable but over time it gets a lot better very quickly so practice makes perfect basically yeah i mean there are some I don't. I'm not tooting my own horn. I think I have some some things and some technologies, some methodologies that work best for me, that other people don't have, and that's why I'm able to just pick a record and just do it like I did with the corn check thing. Mm-hmm. We did that in like a week. Okay. Okay. So, and we only played through the full game like three or four times, and we beat it by 17 minutes. Given a couple months on that record, it could go way lower. Um, but, anyways, it's all about wanting it. 
You know, you have to go to work and think about that record and research, watch videos, and you have to find every little thing that that other people mm-hmm. won't do. Yeah, I think at some point I do. I do want to get a world record in something. I really enjoy playing Quack Shot. Ooh. Love and, that game. And I played it with well, Craig was over. Yeah, one time. no, that was we uh, we did a retro relapse on it. It was a fun game. I, I played it after that and got all the way to the end pretty easy, but I couldn't finish the last boss off, and it was just f- the most frustrating thing in the world. Um, so I've been thinking about that a lot lately since we played it, and like, man, that'd be kind of fun to to speed run and try to get a record for. So maybe maybe I'll be reaching out to you in the future. I don't You're know. Talking to the right guy. We'll, we'll see. But <laughs> so. we'll, well, thank you for sharing all that kind of in depth. We should probably have an episode where you just talk about speed running. That'd be really really cool. But I'm, I'm into that if you'd like. Let's uh, let's get into the, the Pirates of Darkwater Darkwater a little bit deeper right before we go into our next stuff. Okay. Just like so, what are things that you've uh, optimized in the game that kind of you're not necessarily going to see in a first playthrough or a play regular playthrough of the game it, it, casually. There's two things that really stand out with this game. Um, so you're basically, unlike Final Fight, there are some pits on the ground. Like, because you're, you're like on mountaintops and landscapes and stuff. So mm-hmm. there's some pits. The mm-hmm. game programmers were very lazy. So the pits all spawn when the level loads. So when you're on a particular screen, it's, it's one of those games where you kill all the enemies on the screen and then you move to the next screen. Mm-hmm. Right? If a pit is on the edge of a screen that's off screen, it's still there. So that means you can throw enemies off the screen into a pit. Oh, okay. Oh. So you can clear it a lot faster. Exactly, okay. yeah. So, and the main the Ayaz does all the heavy lifting in this game, literally and figuratively. So he has a he has a move. All characters can grab. The, if you walk up to them, you'll grab an enemy. Mm-hmm. Ayaz can move while he's holding someone. So he basically picks them up in the air and walks around with them. So you just grab an enemy and you walk over to the pit and you just throw them down the pit. <laughs> That's basically the strategy, okay? Oh, that's um, really funny. It's pretty funny, yeah. And then um, the other guy just kind of knocks them off the screen into the into the dead pit. So part of the planning for this was figuring out where all the pits were off the screen that, you know, Corncheck missed a lot of them, um, and then figuring that out when, when you have to kill them, when you have to throw them in the pit. Mm, okay. Okay? Hmm. And then so just practicing, like, hey, I know where these pits are. I know where the enemies are going to spawn. We're just going to keep throwing them in. And then the game only spawns a certain number of enemies at a time. I think it's two. And then when you kill one, it spawns a new one. So it's memorizing like which side of the screen they're going to come from. Oh, okay. So that takes a little practice to coordinate with the other person. So the pit thing is the first thing. The second thing is there's a level later in the game. Uh, it's towards the end. I think it's either the last level or the level before that. There are some pirates that swing on ropes with swords. And it's so mm-hmm. annoying. Uh, it's basically impossible for Ayaz and Tula to hit them. Um, because they're just they swing so fast and you have to be lined up perfectly and you just end up taking a lot of damage and the screen won't press until you kill them. But for some reason, Ren's special ability is he jumps in the sky and just like a like uh, a the kick thing, right? Like it's a like whirlwind a, kick, yeah, like a yeah. Ryu whirlwind kick, and it kills every pirate that's swinging on a rope. So you have to be Ren just specifically for that part. Uh, he basically just stands in the center of the screen and when the pirates come, he just keeps doing his special move and it just pushes the screen all the way through that part. Oh, so those are the slick. two. Those are the two big things that I noticed. Oh, okay, slick. I that's like pretty that. cool. Mm-hmm. And anything else you guys want to talk about on the game or the show? Oh play? yeah, the uh, the music from the game. I mean, besides that, we'll get into that. So. Oh, you mean just like the gameplay yeah, itself? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, other otherwise, it's kind of like what Eight Bit Steve was saying. It's it's a pretty standard beat 'em up. It's it's not. I mean, it's fun, but like, it's sort of almost like what you would picture mediocrity. It's a, it's a, <laughs> I, I mean, hear me out. It's, it's a beat em up, 
made to cash in on a pop, well, maybe not popular, but fairly well-known cartoon series. Like, it's it's everything what a average game should be, but it's a lot of fun. Like, they did a really good job with it. It's just, it's sort of like the formula for just being average. A beat-em-up in the 90s based on a cartoon. It's, you know, it's 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 pretty standard formula stuff, I feel like. But they did really good. Like, it's it's a lot of fun. The controls always felt pretty tight. Like, I didn't really feel like they were too loose or anything. But, uh, bit Steve, you would definitely be the uh, the judge of that who's mastered the game. I think it's, I think the con- everything about the game is good. Uh, there's nothing bad about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's difficult to say because I've always been a big fan of, like, the Final Fight beat-em-up style games on, this, on the Super Nintendo. Uh, Final Fight is good, but... I think Dark Water is better because it, it has more depth to it. Like there's more moves you can do. There's more different kinds of enemy styles that you have to figure out. There's different levels of landscapes. You have stairs and you have uh, pits that you got to av- avoid and swinging things. There's like more added stuff. Yeah. And that makes it more fun because, and the game's a lot longer. Like Final Fight, you can beat in like 30 minutes, you know, because it's just short. But this game has like a lot of levels. I think it's nine or something levels, and the last level is very long. I think it takes 15 minutes just to beat the final stage of wow. the game. Wow, really? Blo- yeah. The Maelstrom? Blo- yeah, it's Bloch's very final long. pirate ship? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Now, I, I do want to bring this up, because in doing research of this game, I've also uh, fallen into a pit myself. Okay. Where, because I've only played the Sega game version. Ah, yes, you played so, the platformer. So when I think of this game, I think of the 2D platformer. So hearing you describe the beat-em-up one, I'm like, oh, this is way different than what I'm used to. <laughs> and I think that's the speedrun that I saw was the platform version of it. But have you played that version much no, at all? No. Never once. It's a lot different. Oh, yeah. It's oh, uh, made by a different company. Sunsoft, I think it was. Well, Sunsoft or was did the uh, platformer. I think the Iguana beat-em-up. did the platformer for Sega Genesis. Uh, no, so it was Sunsoft. Oh, then maybe I had him mixed up. Maybe it was uh, Iguana who did the uh, uh, the beat him up. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's real. It's a lot different because you get to switch between the characters. They do different things, but it's a platformer. It's you know you're jumping on platforms, collecting things, getting from one end of the level to the other end, and it's uh, it's a lot different. Yeah, that's it's. I I have heard that like unlike the Super Nintendo version, which gives you no closure. At the end of the game, it's like, oh no, we lost all the treasure. Oh well, we'll have to go find them again. In the Sega Genesis version, I've heard that you actually get a little bit of closure to the story. You do get a little bit. I can't remember what it is, but it's the it's not it's, enough, it's essentially though, right? the, the, the plot of the show. You're collecting, um, what is it, the gems? 13 uh, Treasures of Rule? Yeah, yeah the Treasures the of Rule. Yeah. Treasures of Rule to, to help clear out the dark water. Um, and that's essentially what you're doing. And uh, it's... It's worth a it's worth a play. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot, and now I have to go back and play the SNES version. Yeah, the, the SNES beat him up. It was a lot of fun. It's okay. awesome. Yeah. yeah. If I if I had thought of it, I would have brought it with me. We yeah, could have right. played it, but I didn't think you guys play the game that you review. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Okay. Uh, not like necessarily right before. Like I mean, it's a game that we know and and appreciate or yeah. whatever. But it's we we don't necessarily brush on a brush up on it right before the episode. Yeah, That's okay. uh, save for the uh, retro relapse, uh, which we yeah, we can get to in a minute here. Uh, yeah, pretty be, soon. This is gonna be ug amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> ug. I uh, <laughs> I have one other one other tidbit. Oh, okay. When, whenever you guys, if you guys want me to do it now, I will. Oh, uh, we were about to uh, start chatting about the uh, music from the game. So okay. if you want, feel free. So the plot of Pirates of Darkwater. 
um, being is, is flawless. Being yep. older now, uh-huh. I, I want to make a comparison here, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. So we have a a protagonist mm-hmm. who's like a prince, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And his arch nemesis is like a pirate, like a crazy guy. Okay. Yeah, he's an evil jerk. Right, evil jerk. That's a good. That's a good point. You're helping me so much right now. <laughs> You're um, welcome, buddy. So the plot is that they're trying to. There's this dark water that's af- affecting the whole world, and the these treasures of rule are supposed to destroy this dark water. And so the prince is trying to get these treasures of rule to keep the world safe, keep the keep his area safe. And the pirate is just wants to watch the world burn, right? Yeah, I think he wants the treasures for his own gain or whatever. Right, but yeah. he doesn't care about the world. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. So no. this sounds a lot like the plot of the dark knight <laughs> oh okay and batman is the dark yeah prince batman of the is city. prince ren and bloth is the joker and the joker doesn't care about the world he just wants to see it burn and they're both you know ren's ren's motivations are similar to batman's and bloths are similar to the joker that's just a comparison that i made it hmm. seemed very similar to me it is very similar yeah I mean, minus the treasures, but that's a metaphor, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah I'm to, to Batman, the people of Gotham are the treasures, right? Okay, now you're getting a little too sappy for me. <laughs> maybe here. I'm more like, maybe I'm more evil than I thought, because I was just thinking, like, I don't want people to be my treasure. I just want the treasure. So that's not <laughs> probably good. That was my immediate gut reaction. Uh, is like, why would you want the people of a city to be your treasure? Like, why wouldn't you just want real gems? Why wouldn't you want the power well, to control the Batman world? Well, he's Batman, and he's like a billionaire. Uh, so he nah, doesn't, fair he doesn't he already them. has gems. Ren, yeah. is, <laughs> Ren is not a billionaire, though. He's no. the son of a light, lighthouse keeper. But he's a prince. He is secretly a and prince, And there's yes. the knights, and dark knight and prince. I mean, it's the, it's the close. I'll yeah, buy it. I'll give, it, I'll give you that, Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so what are we going to get into here? So uh, here's something kind of weird that I found out about this game. So the the person who composed this music is known as Phase Out, who I can what? only assume has had his true name stricken from the annals of history, because even the font at the end of the game that shows the name Phase Out looks a little different than the rest of the font. Really? Of the of the credits, I maybe it was my imagination when I was when I was looking through stuff, but I, uh, I don't know. I couldn't find anything else on this composer. I couldn't find any other works they've done. It they're just known as Phase Out. In fact, I was so skeptical when I was looking at information at this game that I was like, okay, you know what? No, I was like, I opened up a YouTube video, watched the it's like skipped ahead to the credits, and sure enough, it's just somebody known as Phase Out. I do have something on that actually. Yeah, that you bring that up. Um, I had heard, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't have any evidence to back this up. This is simply a rumor. Okay. Okay. But it's something. Okay. Yeah. I have right. heard this before. Okay. Um, there were some people at Hanna-Barbera, um, that worked on some of the cartoons like Laugh Olympics and Wacky Races and those sure. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of people came and went for Hanna-Barbera. They were kind of big. They were like the juggernaut of cartoons back then. And I, uh, I believe that somebody in the Hanna-Barbera camp did the music for this game. Or they, they helped in some oh. way perform the music for this game. Um, the, the rumor that I heard is that this person did no longer worked at the company when this game was released. So they just sort of were phased out. Exactly. Wow, Weird. that would so, be. I wouldn't be surprised. That's just a rumor. I I heard. I have heard that. I've heard that phase out thing before. 
which is weird. That we'll I have to dig that. into that and, and do like an update. Also, please, please. Uh, I just I I don't I don't want to like point out when somebody else is wrong. Oh, am I wrong about something? Well, am if I you, wrong? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, if you take a look at the title screen chops, you'll see that the Super Nintendo version has cr- been created by oh, Sunsoft. Oh, it is Sunsoft. So, wow, Wikipedia lied to me. I th- could unless they were both by Sunsoft, but uh, I was under the impression that uh, oh, okay. uh, the Genesis version was done by Iguana. I could be crazy. Weird. Could be crazy. But at the very least, Sunsoft did do the Super Nintendo okay. version. So I wasn't wrong about that. Sunsoft makes awesome stuff. I really like Sunsoft yeah, stuff. I can't think of one bad Sunsoft game. None that I can think of. Yeah, they did I, I would have to look at a full catalog. Master Master, Fester's Quest. Didn't they do... Wait, Fester's Quest? Yeah. Isn't that a Nintendo game that's not as good? It's... I like it. Oh, okay. He fair was enough. streaming it the other night. I, I watched oh, for a little yeah, bit. Oh, yeah, that's yes, right. you did. Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. Every view counts, buddy. Hey, <laughs> I was they... there for five minutes, and then I had to go do something. <laughs> but it was still cool. Hey. I, I heard you explain the game manual, the uh, idea of farming for enemies so you can get your power-ups. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw. Oh. I, I watched that. Appreciate Sunsoft that. also did Journey to Cilius, right? Correct. Oh, nice. That's another good game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's get into this music. Yeah, so let's go ahead and listen to uh, the music. So my favorite song is Benjamar Temple, uh, which is actually based on the, the cartoon itself. It's uh, In the cartoon, there's an episode where there's this bell that sealed away this demon, and the demon tricks Ren because he's a naive idiot, and it's like, hey, you should really release me. I'm trapped in here. And Ren's like, I'm on it. Let's it out. And the demon's like, hey, stupid, thanks, and flies off, and they have to capture him again. Oh, okay. And I think that's actually a level... The, the the boss of that level, right? Correct. The big demon yeah. pops out of the bell. We call that level Banjo. <laughs> Banjo. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Let's go ahead and uh, listen to uh, the music here. I really enjoy the theme. It's it's kind of I don't know how do I put it. It's kind of like weirdly forlorn. The music like for this level, I don't know, like it's not quite as like jazzy and like more exciting as some of the other levels. It's a little more subdued, I guess. I I can see that. It's it's dull, but it's like there's anxiety in it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you don't like know what's going to happen. Almost like you unsealed a demon and like, you don't yeah, know like, if you'll get it back in like the you're uh, a dummy. <laughs> you're a dumb naive prince that thinks he can can rule the world with half a sword. By the way, dumbest. I hated that part of Really? Yeah, I was hoping the we fact, wouldn't bring that up. In fact, the sword was half of a sword. Like, it you wasn't can't even do half. Anything. It was like, it was it was like, like one third. Tenth. Yeah, you couldn't do anything with that sword. I, okay, I'm sorry. No, hear me out. I always thought that that was kind of an interesting touch because you got to think there's so many other cartoons and so many other movies where, you know, the hero has a giant great sword or a long sword. Hold he, on. Name, name one other one. Go. Another series with a guy with a sword? Another cartoon series samurai jack oh thundercats from that thundercats. Era, from that era thundercats, thundercats. okay that's yeah. fair i lose he-man he-man had a big sword i'm the worst yeah <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of I swords mean, the going power on. rangers the white ranger had a sweet sword 
Uh, and it's a live action show. The Green Ranger had his. I could keep going. <laughs> Maybe this is why the show was canceled because he didn't have a sweet sword. That's why. That's why. Maybe it was. Maybe that was it. But I, I appreciated the fact that it was the equivalent of like a dagger, and it was. I don't know. It was something a little bit it more was unique. Way more useless than a dagger. It's a broken physically, sword. Physically, like it was a key. Come on, like it was, well, it was broken. Like a, How could it become a key? It was supposed to be like a keepsake from like his father or whatever, right? Yeah, but then so you should like use an unnecessary. Necessary plot device to me. It did what it seemed like to me too. Well, I'm in the minority here, so fair enough. <laughs> but I was also in the minority about to kill a mockingbird. That's and true. That's so not a good sign. We're all to blame here. Okay, so we got this next song here, Bloss' Last Attack. It's the worst tongue twister in the world. Um, I have one more thing on that music. Oh uh, yeah, it sounds like the entrance theme for a wrestler. Oh, it does. Like if you Benjamin were Mar Temple. Yeah, if you were a wrestler, that would be your entrance music. Because it's like foreboding. Oh, I can see that. You know? Yeah. Like you, some some people are wrestling in the ring and then that music comes on. Like and the Undertaker kind of stuff. Everyone cheers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I could buy that. I could absolutely buy that. We're going to call it Craig WK's theme. Uh, Craig's Temple. I can live with I could live with uh, uh, my own temple music where uh, I have demons sealed away in bells. Uh, you're a creep. <laughs> uh, Maybe. <laughs> all right. So talk about this level here. Bloth's Last Attack. You both kind Kind of really like this one, right? Yeah, this, oh, is yeah. My, this is my favorite one. It's the final boss uh, boss music where you fight Bloth, the, that's the uh, evil worst. pirate that's lord. The, that's, he's the final boss, Bloth. That's the yeah. worst thing that uh, they could come up with, I think, for like, oh, the final stage, the final boss is Bloth. Because you're going to mix it up and get it. <laughs> Bitter boss, Bloth. Yeah, it's dumb. Podcast Any, troubles. It is. Audio <laughs> podcast, audio formats. Hate this word. <laughs> All right, let's give it a listen. Loth was a, a really good villain in Pirates of Dark Water. I I mean, there were a lot of other villains, you know, like, you know, one-off villains in, you know, certain episodes and stuff, but uh, uh, especially, like, early on in the series. Like, as the series went on, he became a little bit more of, like, a little bit more of a gag, you know? It was just like, oh, Bloth showed up at the end of the episode. Oh, we got away just in the nick of time, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, but early in the series, he's really, really scary and threatening. He throws people to a giant eldritch, like Lovecraftian monster that's in the <laughs> somehow the sewers of his ship. His ship has a sewer system. That's pretty great. Right? I wish I had a ship that has a sewer system. I feel like that ship's size is not realistic. Like it's not to scale. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? I don't know what you're saying. You know, I yeah, it could okay, be a, fair enough. It could be a small town. That's the, the, pretty that's, much what it was. It was. It is, I know. That's why I said that. There's like a civilization in the sewers of his ship that couldn't escape because the constrictus would kill them. Uh-huh. 
it was the constrictus. That's it was such a, a good constrictus. name, man. That's such a great name. Oh man, it was so scary looking. Like the the monster was terrifying. It was. Uh, it reminded me of like some of the works of Geiger, H.R. Geiger, because it Geiger? like Ge- is it pronounced Geiger? Geiger? Yeah. Oh, okay. H.R. Geiger. My apologies. No, it's okay. I got confused. I'm like like a Geiger counter. That's why. Sorry. I, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. H.R. Geiger counter. Yep. I uh, created alien. Yeah. Xenomorph. So, and that's kind of what it is. It's when it like opens its mouth, another mouth shoots out of it. I don't know what evolutionary advantage that has. Well, I mean, maybe like a moray eel. That's kind of how that works, right? Like it, it shoots its, it's uh, mouth off It's there to scare children. That's all. Well, mission accomplished because the thing was terrifying. Well, now I know what haunts your dreams and I'll use that as fuel for... Later thing. What do you think is fueling noobs and dragons? Oh, man. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I uh, one last uh, thing I wanted to mention about the the game is I really appreciated that they brought in levels that were based on the actual cartoon. Uh huh. Like you had uh, the streets of Pandawa, the mm-hmm. the city that had the uh, like the monkey birds enslaved, you know, from the cartoon, which was a really heavy episode for oh, a cartoon yeah. series. That was oh, yeah. kind of dark. But yeah, uh, you were like had, abused and stuff. And oh, yeah. Was bad. Oh, it was real bad. That was real twisted. It was a solid episode. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, you had like the streets of Pandawa. You had that Banjamar Temple. Uh, you had the Maelstrom itself. You know, there were a lot of levels that were just based on the cartoon, which was awesome. I like the one thing that we didn't touch on is uh, every time you, you complete a level, it shows you like an overworld map. And it shows you the entire overworld map of Hyrule, which I thought was really interesting because you don't. You really mean s- Mur? Mur, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Hyrule. <laughs> wow, we are recording this really early in the morning, guys. I apologize. Rule the treasures of Rule. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mur is the name of the like the, the planet. planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rule is uh, like an area in the world mm-hmm. where the treasures came from originally. I believe. I, yeah, I think that's the case. It's Anyways, something like that. The yeah. point is, is that you get to see the whole world. It shows you like the oceans and where everything is located in that's relation cool, to each yeah. other. And that was pretty cool to see after watching the show because you don't really get to know. Like they travel around, but you don't really know. Yeah, you don't but, have any navigational mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Of like where they are. There is actually one last thing I want to touch on before we go ahead and jump into the next uh, thing. Is there anything either of you have to say as uh, parting uh, shots here? One small thing. So the Constrictus. Yeah. In the game, it's obnoxious. It's uh, <laughs> it comes out of the ship, and it's pretty much random. Uh, so it can hit you. It's really annoying. Oh, it's randomized. Yeah. So you guys can't even like time it on a speed run. Well, you have to swap your pattern. fingers. The, the so, tentacles yeah. come out of the ground and they kind of stay there. But they stay there that whole screen. So the annoying thing is that the Constrictus can hit the enemies. Mm. And it does like one damage. So you don't want that. You don't want them getting knocked down by the Constrictus constantly because it goes slower. Oh. You would think the Constrictus would do way more damage. Yeah, it does does less damage than you do. I don't know if it's one, but it's, it's a lot. Very small. I always appreciated in the cartoon that uh, the conk, the dumb little, you know, evil Smee, uh, was uh, he lost his leg. The reason he had a peg leg was because he lost it to the constrictor. Oh, God. <laughs> and they perpetually make fun of him over it. Is that what you wanted to bring up? Oh, no, no. That oh. was just a side note. <laughs> okay. uh, the final thing I wanted to touch on, I almost forgot about it, is there is actually, and it was it had a very limited run, in the mid-90s, I think 1994, 1995, there was a book, which was, for tabletop pen and paper RPGs no, of really? Pirates of Dark Water. That sounds amazing. It gives amazing. you options to play a D20 game 
It doesn't use the uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons rules per se. It has a different set of rules, but it still uses a D20 set. So you have like D8s and D6s. I'll be right back. I have to go to Amazon. Uh, I'll just stop right back. Do you own it? I I had a PDF of it a long time ago. I don't anymore, but there are websites that have it just for free because it's so old at this point. Nobody's selling it. I mean, I'm sure you could find it on like eBay or something. So it was just a book. They didn't have like, like, it's uh, like a, figures or anything? Nope, no figures. That would have been amazing. Oh, that would have been really cool. Yeah, it was uh, I was uh, just a book. I, in fact, it might have been two books. There might have been like a world book and a monster book, or maybe it was all together. I don't remember now. But uh, yeah, you had like stats for like da- Dagrons and like how to fly them. You had like the stats for a Constrictus and like, you know, pre-generated characters for like Ren, Tula, Ayaz, and Bloth and stuff. This is perfect, guys. This you, is, know, you know why this is perfect? Why? We can play this and I can kill Niddler. <laughs> Oh. But I love him. But if it's a teammate, then you can't. That is true. No in Dungeons and Dragons, you can. Oh, not in my campaign. Not in Craig's campaign. I I don't I don't how, allow house rule. House rule. Yeah, I don't allow toxic relationships at the uh, the table. No murdering your fellow players in well, my game. Let's be fair. Um, Nidler would be like an NPC. Well, if like, he's no an one's NPC, gonna you no one's gonna play Nidler because he sucks. I will. There's actually no. Really? Just are you, are you serious? <laughs> Well, I'm gonna be absent that day then. If you're doing, oh, oh man, I uh, maybe uh, we'll do it for like a Patreon special or something. Weirdly, we'll <laughs> weirdly enough, the monkey birds are not one of the player character races. You hmm. would think because yeah, he's weird. one of the he's one of the main characters. Like, why? Yeah, why would you want to have the, the worst character in the show be a playable character? <laughs> yeah, that's so. Weird. I mean, you could probably play Jar Jar Binks in yeah. any of those Star Wars yeah. ones. If they had a He Man one, you could play actually. Battle Cat. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be <laughs> Cringer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. They they had like uh, 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 humans, and then like three other races that are in the show, but like not shown as much, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. I mean, the show wasn't. I mean, it didn't have a very long lifespan, and most of the characters you meet are human. So fair enough. But uh, yeah, no, I thought that was pretty interesting that you That's actually cool. uh, you, there's a uh, an RPG out there. You know, for our, so for the the diehard fans, which are coincidentally the people in this room. Maybe not anyone else. <laughs> I've never There's... met anyone else. <laughs> I mean, we have four, including my brother. So uh, five with my buddy Sean, and and I'm sure Grim. I think Grim loves Pirates of Darkwater as well. Oh, nice. So, so we've got, I, I'm got enough right for a group. Then. We've got enough for a group. <laughs> we we have a fan club right here. All right, so uh, that's kind of our talk about the game. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna get into our retro relapse, and then we're gonna do um, our music bracket for the week. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get to retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. What do we have this week for Retro Relapse, guys? No, actually, you know what? 8-Bit Steve, you chose this game, right? Kind of, yeah. So I got here and there was like a Wheel of Fortune wheel that I had to spin and it had games on it. No, I'm just kidding. So they had a bunch of games <laughs> Man, spread across the table. That. Yeah, why haven't we done We should do that. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, go on. Just innovating. Just, just, that's for you guys. Spitball on these ideas. Okay, yeah, so I love like, it. Uh, Grimlock had spread some games on the table randomly and uh, uh, Chops brought some games with him. And there was a couple NES games. Uh, clearly, I went for those. Uh, there were two that I that I looked at. Uh, Al Unser Jr. Turbo Racing uh, was one of the ones that I wanted to play, but I didn't want to put myself through that. So I went with Caveman Games, right? Because I, look, 
it's it's bad. It's one of those games that's like bad, but it's still fun. Yes. It, yeah. It, it was it was it was definitely fun. And uh, so, Caveman Games is by Data East, right? It is made by Data East, a 1988 Olympic theme game. It's also known as Caveman Olympics, or uh, oh, it's the same thing. Caveman Ugg hyphen Olympics. Uh, oh, it's either one word or, Why or is two it? hyphen. Right? Yeah. I don't know. All right, anyway. But yeah, Data East and. Um, it actually was originally for the Commodore 64 and DOS, made by Dynamex and published by EA. And okay. then Nintendo made the version of Caveman Games and then was ported and released by Data East. Okay, I gotcha. So uh, it, that kind of makes sense to me now that, it, that think about it, because it just there's music during like selections of the games and but not in the game itself. And, and prior to you pressing okay start, let's start this game, and then there's silence. And it's just sound effects. So that I think that makes more sense why it was a Commodore 64 MS-DOS uh, um, MS game because they probably didn't have as much memory for those kind of things. That could be. Uh, so the the first time we played, I had a broken controller. And so we could, like, I, as soon as we started the Sabertooth race, yes, I go, I start, uh, eight bit Steve's like, all right, just tap the A button. And I'm like slamming the A button and nothing's happening. The tiger's just like, and just jumps on me and just devours me. <laughs> yep. And then Steve just keeps running. It just keeps on running, running, which coincidentally is what I would do if one of uh, someone else was eaten by a Sabertooth tiger in front of me. So fair enough. That's how that game works. It's uh-huh. just you run. It, there's six games. There's uh, Saber Race, um, Mate Toss, where mm-hmm. you throw your mate, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Fire Making, Clubbing, Dino Race, and Dino Vault. Um, clubbing is not like you would think it is today. It's not going to the club, picking up uh, other people things. That's the Mate Toss. That's No. <laughs> well, it is kind of. Mm, kind of uh, yeah. Clubbing <laughs> is where you basically try to knock each other off of a platform, and then Mate Toss is... Essentially, discus with a wife. It's yes. not very PC. No, it's not no, very. No. Yeah, no mates were hurt hurt in the in the making of that game. <laughs> Just they bounce the on events. their butts. It's yeah. totally they bounce on their butts really well. One of them, you know, when you throw them far, they bounce very high. They have very rubbery bottoms. Yeah, I appreciated the fact that like when Chopsy, when you first threw your mate. And she was so disgusted by how like little Terrible you threw. Yeah, yeah, you. She was just like thumbs down, like the frowny face, thumbs down, and she was just so disappointed. In fact, I think uh, that's a uh, she broke of, up with you right then and a there. Reflection of real life. What? <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave that one open ended for everyone to think about. I, all, right, all right. So, um, of those six events, you can do like a actual competition mode where there's like meddling. You like place. Mm-hmm. Um, we just did practice. Yeah, we just and got to play over and over. Of those six yeah. events, what's your favorite? My favorite is, well, it's hard to say. They're all so bad. Um, <laughs> they're not great. Yeah, they're not great. Um, I think clubbing is the worst. My favorite is probably the Dino Vault. Okay. Yeah, I like that one the most. I think the, the Sabertooth. Uh, race, the saber race or whatever it was might be my favorite, but it's so broken that like as soon as you trip one other person, they're just like instantly dead. It's just like, they're just like got flung right down the gullet of the saber tooth tiger. <laughs> yep. It's just right in his belly. Uh, mine, oddly enough, is the mate toss just because of how ridiculous it is. I mean, you don't say. Literally swinging a person by their ankles and then tossing them. Hmm. It's ridiculous. You don't say. That's I fun. do. I do uh, say. Hmm. Now, I, I played this game fondly as a kid with my brother and sister growing up. 
You've never played it before. I had Craig. never played it before today. But you've heard me talk about it a lot. A little, yeah, yeah. I push a lot of that out of my head. And that's fair. Steve, <laughs> yeah. when did you play this game first? Well, so in my in my younger years, my 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 video game playing was different than I think a lot of people's was because in my local area, I was so much uh, I had my skill level was so much higher than anyone that was around me that kids would always be over at my house and they'd be like, hey, beat The Legend of Zelda or hey, beat DuckTales. So that was like a common occurrence. So when when head-to-head games came like this, those were always the games that I would want to play. Like I would want to play the Blades of Steel oh, okay. and the Caveman oh. games because then I was like you six-year-old ego Steve yeah, wanted, you wanted to, to kill be better people. than everybody right. and you wanted everyone to know it. it well, well, was that you, your <laughs> was that your old username instead of 8-Bit Steve? Was it 6-Ego uh, Steve? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay, um, all right. 8-Bit Steve is sort of new to a couple years ago uh, but was the one before it six ego steve <laughs> no, all right no, no i'm just no, asking just no. big ego steve. i mean come on kids steve. kids want to win i mean when That's, you're when you're yeah. that young you don't understand like how it hurts other people and like when you show off and stuff so i mean i did and it still sticks with me wow okay <laughs> They they used to call me Nintendo Steve. That's that's oh, what I, at school they'd that's be a pretty like. Cool name. They'd be like, hey, uh, I can't get through X Y Z game. Oh, go talk to Nintendo Steve. That's what I was called. That's oh, pretty sweet. Yeah, that's it wasn't really cool. cool then. No, it's kind of cool now. That's then awesome. it was like, hey, go talk to that nerd Nintendo Steve. I was gonna say that it was a, probably yeah. slightly condescending. Yeah, it was bad. absolutely. Go talk to the kid who spends all his time playing video games and we think he's a weirdo. Yes, he knows that's do exactly it. what it was. Yeah, I I I've definitely felt that as well. Yeah. So I kind of it's weird. I feel that at work, a lot of the people I work with, uh, maybe it's just the people around me at work. They uh, they don't play video games. Like e- even the guys that are around my age, they're just not into video games. And so like if anything ever comes up and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know about that game. Like you want to know about that game? Like Let's talk about that game. They, they're just overwhelmed. And they're just like it just they have no idea how to keep up. And it's not that I'm like the best at games. It's not that I know everything about games. It's just that they just they're not into it. Yeah, I. March Madness is going on as we're recording this, and I was like, everybody around me is watching like the sport, the the events or whatever, and I'm literally as I'm working basketball, uh, whatever, uh, watching <laughs> it's a basketball. Shut up, a a Mega Man one through ten relay race being speed run online, and they're like talking wow. about sports. I'm like, hey, check this basketball. out. I'm watching this. I'm watching this speed run online, and like, oh, what what are they doing? I'm like, well, they're speed running Mega Man one through ten in a relay race, like. And that's fun. I'm like, yeah, that's more fun than watching someone play basketball all the time. And I, and I was well so out of place because it was on like every TV. Everyone had it like in the corner of their monitor going on. They're talking about brackets, and I'm just like oblivious. To I'm kind of weird because I'm not like super into basketball or anything. But like if it's on, I'll watch it. Like I'll I'll enjoy it. But I I, I mean. But at the same time, it's it, I, it it gets me in the heart when I when I hear the phrase, "Oh, is that fun?" Like when you talk oh, about like yeah. watching video games or something, it's like, oh god, it's the same thing as if you're watching football. Like it's to me, it is. Well, yeah, no, absolutely to you, it absolutely is. You know, but I, oh, Steve, Steve has a different look on his face. I I don't think watching sports is fun, and I don't think watching video games is necessarily fun. Oh, there, it's a little different to me. I, playing video games is fun. Um, so you'd what, rather be playing basketball or playing a video game than watching right. okay. either of those them. Those are fun. Watching to me is like for when I watch video games now, it's mostly research. Mm-hmm. So it's more kind of work. But I mean, I'm not I'm not dis, I'm interested in that topic. So it's it's more engaging, but it's not really fun. OK, uh, per se. But I, I do. I'm into sports. Uh, I know I w- I've been athletic when I was younger. 
Um, so I watch sports, but I'm not like, hey, that was a great time. It's mostly just like hanging out with people who watch sports that are my friends yeah. and I can chill there. Okay. And I try to know a little bit about it so that I can kind of talk Keep with up. them. Keep up, right, yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say that watching video games is necessarily fun. Hmm. It's part of my 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 job with quotes. I'm air quoting. You guys can't see <laughs> my my job or my yeah, hobby is video fair. games. So, but uh, you know, I, playing caveman games was fun. Oh, that was I, fun. It, it was pretty fun. So, speaking of the fun of caveman games on the eight bit scale, mm-hmm. what do we all give it? On the Steve scale. On the Steve scale. Oh man, um, I love this. You guys gave me my own scale. Uh, just for this episode. <laughs> Only um, when you're around. <laughs> okay, I. I because it's nostalgic to me, I would have to give it a four out of eight. Uh, mostly because even with the nostalgia glasses on, it's still only getting a four out of eight. I, I, when I played it as a kid, I had no idea how to do anything. You, sh- Steve, showed me how to do the the mate toss. I never would have thought about oh, just go slowly in a circle, then speed up. Because I don't think we had instructions. And was there instructions in the game or no? There's not instructions in the game, no. But uh, in the manual, maybe. I've never read the manual. So, like, there's not a lot up given to you up front. So if you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to enjoy it. And I had a lot of that growing up as a kid. Okay. But I did enjoy certain games. Like, we just avoided certain games in that in, in there, the different Olympic games, because we didn't know how to play them. Um, and because it's just silence. Like... It just that just like weighs on me Deafening, so much. Crippling silence no, as you're running from a saber tooth yeah. tiger. It's it's pretty uh it's a nerve uh, anxious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It <laughs> makes it not as fun too. But uh uh yeah, I'd give it a four out of eight, but I wanna give it more because of my love for it, but I, I'm trying to be reasonable. All right, fair enough. Uh uh Ape Steve, what about you? I'm gonna give it a two out of eight. Oh wow. Yeah. Um so it's got a couple things going for it. It has the humor factor. Yeah, that gives a point for that because it's funny and the and the theme of it is funny, and then the second thing is I'm going to give it one point just because uh, some of the games are fun or, or it's fun to play even though if it's broke, it's still fun. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the game is just it's very it seems very rushed and very lazy. Like I said, the music is missing in every one of the stages. The controls are not very intuitive or, or functional in some cases. A lot of the games are broken. The 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 clubbing is completely broken. Hitting hitting low is just overpowered. <laughs> oh yeah, I beat you every yeah, time. Yeah. The <laughs> the uh, the saber tooth tiger race is, is rigged. It's the first person to throw the other guy wins. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. And it's like right at the beginning of the race. Like the first person to throw someone, the other guy loses. And um, you know, uh, the dino vault is incredibly difficult to even figure out how to get over the guy. So it just there's not a whole lot there. It's fun to play and like, hey, this is really bad. Let's play each other and see who's who's better at this horrible thing. So you get a couple points for that, yeah. but other than that, there's nothing. And, and there. you can play six people. You can you can rotate the controller around yep. so all six characters can be chosen and you can play six people in this game, which is really cool. I I think I gotta go with eight bit Steve on this one. I think I gotta give it a two out of eight. It's mm. it's it's not a very good game. I I almost gave, was thinking of giving it a three out of eight, but like he said, it's just so broken. Like it's just like unless the only reason I had fun is because I was playing with you guys. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't playing with you guys, I would have immediately. No, I don't even know if I would have immediately put the controller down. I think I just would have never turned it on. Two out of eight. All right. Well. I thought I was being generous. So you, you absolutely were being generous. generous. I yeah, I was being generous. You doubled my score. So Pity on me, I guess. Anyways, 
So to wrap things up, we have our uh, Nintendo Music Brackets. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm excited for this one. This is, is going to be a good one. And it's been going great so far. I really like the turnout of how these have, have gone. Steve, have you enjoyed them? Oh, yeah, I voted. Yeah, okay. I, love, nice. I love it. Okay. I mean, to me, and maybe this is just, you know, inside my own head, the, the choices have been really obvious to me. Yeah. Um, but that's because usually you have, like, if you have an NES game on there, that's probably what I'm going to select. Most of the time. Well, in this case, well, these are all NES yeah. So games. thus far, we yeah. have all it's, for the entire bracket. You're gonna end up with nothing but NES uh, music. And uh, I apologize. I couldn't remember. I'd see a game, and then I'd just click it, and I wouldn't really look at the <laughs> it's other okay. game. It's, it's like right. really fast. So yeah, I apologize. Is, no, it's all right. This no, is no. Just, just straight up NES. So okay. I think in in the initial stages, we're gonna get those obvious choices. I think there'll be some. Yeah, but as it goes through. As yeah. we're getting, I think in the next level of competition is going to be some of the hardest stuff that I think people are going to have to decide. It's going to be the most uh, soul-searching choices. Absolutely. I, absolutely. I could not agree more. Uh, I mean, I'm already disappointed that the moon beat out G.I. Joe. Like, Are you kidding me? So devastated. DuckTales The Moon is one of the most iconic songs Didn't like in, it. in the whole game, in nope. the whole world. Not a big fan of it. You're lying. I'm not lying. You can't be lying. I'm not a big fan of it. You are absolutely being a contrarian right I'm now. Not. There's no way you're not. I'm not. Well, then you're stupid and wrong. G.I. <laughs> Joe? Th- I mean, like... I, I love the G.I. Joe I love theme. the G.I. Joe game. I like it. I like it. But I've never heard anyone say, like, hey, that's a really great sound... You know, that's a good thing. It's got a great soundtrack. It does, but, like, yeah, I've never heard anyone, really like, song. really bring it up. When you talk about great musics, it's not brought up as one of the greats. Well, that's because you don't have me around. Mm, fair. Yeah, you don't have chops around to be wrong. <laughs> I actually know a lot more music on the NES than you guys probably do, because I've heard... Probably. ...hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games... Um, so I know some cool music that you could check out. I'll, I'll get with you after the okay. <laughs> nice. We I uh, I uh, we we've actually had some people and and I I don't want to tell them not to do it because I am always interested to hear people's opinions. But like between every one of these polls, I feel like there's been people who are like, listen, here's a here's a Nintendo song, and it's like, no, 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 what are you guys doing? Like we we have more coming. This might be one we get to. Don't keep throwing music out because we're probably gonna get to it. The stuff that I'm going to show you, probably not. Good. That's good <laughs> to know. No, no. I'm excited I, about I, I want to hear some uh, uh, some obscure stuff, so uh, we'll, okay. we'll chat about that later. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, jump on in. So uh, first up, we have from Mega Man 3, Magnet Man's theme. This is going to be great. This is this is a great song. The, the music from Mega Man 3 is some of the best video game music out there. It's solid. It is a really good soundtrack, and... Uh, uh, coincidentally, Magnet Man is probably, um, I think, my favorite theme from that game. Oh, okay. All right, well, let's hear it. theme is really good i i it's a little weird i feel like it's got a klezmer kind of thing going on to it i really enjoy it that's and a big word klezmer it's uh uh like traditional 
uh, Yiddish music. Oh, we've talked about this vaguely before uh, the episode. Well, let's not get into that. Yeah, we we don't need to get a ton into it. I I you know I don't want to analyze the the song super deeply, but in any event, uh, I really really enjoy this theme. I I really like it. And uh, Chops, do you have uh, uh, the? Composer here. Ah, we do have the composers for Mega Man Three. For Mega Man 3 uh, uh, Yasuaki Fujita and Harumi Fujita uh, are the composers of uh, uh, this gem. And our other song for the day is uh, another great one. Uh, now, this one's I feel like is I'm not going to say obscure by any means because the game is popular. It's from Final Fantasy, but it's Matoya's Cavern, which it isn't the boss music it isn't like the main theme but uh it's real catchy and uh we'll go ahead and uh uh jump into this uh this is by uh, nobu yumatsu of course and uh let's uh go ahead and give this a listen this one what uh what about you guys i like it's uh it's i like it i don't know it's it just like it seems to me like a quintessential a classical cl- music cl- type cl- thing. Well, classical music but also like uh what's the word am i thinking of I'm thinking like knights like swords and sorcery swords, and like, yeah, like, medieval medieval that's yeah. the word i was looking yeah. for thank you that's what i think of i think of like you know if you were in if it was from a movie soundtrack you're in the streets and like maybe there's some people dancing around celebrating at like a fair or a festival or something and um you know it's it's very festive uh it's very different than magnet man very different <laughs> yes so i don't know how this is going to compare uh, i don't know how this is one's going to go but. i you know i i i'm definitely curious because i i I have a feeling of how it'll go, but I, I mean, I've been way wrong before. Me too. You know, I, I thought for sure Pollyanna from Earthbound Zero would, would just utterly decimate Double Dragon, but no. Uh, no, it was real close. Yeah, it was. It was real close. Yeah, you're welcome on that. And, uh, oh yeah, that's right, you broke the tie, <laughs> didn't you? And, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, uh, but this particular theme is kind of interesting because it's Matoya's Cavern. It's huh. it's like cave music. It does not f- sound like cave music. It doesn't, no. but it's really good. I like it. I uh, I've never heard that before. Really? No, I've never played through Final Fantasy, so I've never heard that before. I I love Magnet Man and Mega Man Three music, so I would probably still vote for that just because it's closer to me. Mm-hmm. But that that song is actually really clean and it's very well done, and I I think it deserves some some looks from some people. You know, just listen to it because it. It's pretty good. I mean, if I wasn't a Mega Man fanboy, I might choose that song. Yeah. I think it's a little more in depth than the Mega Man one is. Mm-hmm. I could, yeah, I could absolutely see that. It's, uh, I mean, Nobuo Yumatsu has done amazing work. You know, he's the guy who did Final Fantasy one through uh, what uh, 
96? Like, yeah, basically, 96 of them. Yeah, uh, yeah he, I think he did up to uh, 10. And then after that, it was like the MMO, and then he only had a small part in some of the other, uh, uh, or small composing parts in some of the other games. But anyway... Yeah, I think that's uh, uh, about all we have uh, for uh, today's episode. But uh, 8-Bit Steve, uh, I do want to ask. So for our listeners that are interested in speedrunning mm-hmm. and they want to see what you're about, how can they track you down? There are a couple ways. So you can go on my website, uh, 8bitsteve.com. That's the number 8, B-I-T-S-T-E-V-E.com. There's all kinds of information on that website about what my current projects are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email me on that website. That's the best way to contact me and find out about what I'm doing. Um, you can also check me out on speedrun.com. My profile is 8BitSteve, so the word 8BitSteve. You can check me out on there. Um, you can check me out on speeddemosarchive.com. I have some world records posted there as well. Those are the three main ways, uh, but the website's the easiest way. I'm also on Facebook. You can find me at 8BitSteve on Facebook. I do live streams there weekly. I'm also on Xbit Gaming every Friday doing a show called The Easy Way, which is where I break down hard video games for people to see how, how it's done. Uh, I do that every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So those are the current things that I'm doing. You can also check me out at PAX. I'll be there hanging out with uh, Xbit and the GameZilla guys. Oh, nice. Uh, awesome. In a couple weeks now. So I'll be there, too. So you can come come meet and greet and be like, hey, that's that guy that plays games. That guy's cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> don't don't come up to him and say, hey, I beat your record in Pirates of Dark Water. Yeah, do not <laughs> say that. That would just I, ruin the moment. I haven't. Uh, I have had one with my world records broken, and it hurt so bad. Um, but I didn't put a lot of effort into that record, so I, I had it coming. So I guess that was like how Corn Shake felt, too? Probably, yeah. That's probably what, yeah. <laughs> it hurts. That's, it, that's funny. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, I want to say that uh, one. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, sure, we're going to definitely have you back. That'd be awesome to talk about some more stuff. Would love to do that. Uh, we also though want to thank our supporters on Patreon. So go to Patreon.com/slash/GameZillaMedia, become a patron, and you'll get some cool perks for the Noobs and Dragons, early access to GameZilla Alpha, and you'll even get a Legend of Retro perk that we have going on right now. Yeah, Legend of Retro. We have uh, our Game Genie perk for being a five dollar patron uh, over on Patreon.com/slash/GameZillaMedia. You get to help us uh, influence the show by uh, deciding. On our uh, retro relapse, uh, that'll be uh, kicking in here pretty soon. Yep. Uh, so look forward to that. And uh, Ape and Steve, it was definitely a pleasure to have you here. Uh, I hope our fans uh, reach out to you because speedrunning's definitely some interesting stuff. I I don't know a lot about it, and I learned a bunch today. So I definitely thank you. Okay, yeah, uh, definitely reach out to me. I got a couple things. So uh, I am a Patreon of uh, Gamezilla Media, and oh, so I will be affecting your retro relapse going forward. Just want you guys to let that sink in for a little bit. The uh, dread is I mean, palpable. I'm yeah. okay with it because you chose Caveman Olympics, so I don't see... Right, but I, oh, I only had three games to pick from. Oh, God. Right. Oh, yeah. so, um, oh, God. So we'll uh, just limit the pool for when Steve chooses. <laughs> 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 Another thing is um, I have a podcast uh, that's coming out on the GameZilla Media Network. It's been, ah, in, yes. the, it's been in the works for quite a while. Um, we tried a couple different podcast ideas before we found one that we thought was good. Uh, the podcast is called Generation Nerd, and uh, it's me and some of my friends uh, from a generation of nerds, and we pick a particular franchise, usually like a large franchise like The Matrix or Back to the Future or something like that, that has a whole bunch of different media outlets such as games and, and movies and toys. And we sort of break down what's, you know, here's the cool toys, here's the toys that sucked kind of thing. And uh, we just kind of dissect the whole thing. And um, my friend Anthony is a, is a research expert for his job, so he brings forward a whole bunch of really interesting things 
things that oh, wow. even I, awesome. did, I didn't know. So you guys should definitely check that out. It's really, really cool. I do the games portion, so you're going to hear me talk about all about every single game that's in that franchise and how bad it is or good it is. So uh, pretty cool. The other guy's there. Uh, he doesn't do much, but uh, <laughs> you, you can watch. The, you can listen to the podcast and you'll see what I mean. So it's going to be probably coming out here at the end of April uh, once this busy season gets over with. Awesome. No, we'll be uh, looking forward to it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good news. Excited. All right. Well, uh, other than that, GameZillaMedia.com. Go there, check out all the rest of our stuff. Noobs and Dragons, GameZilla Alpha, GameZilla mm-hmm. airs on Mondays live and posts on Tuesdays, that show. And uh, yeah, anything else, Craig? Uh, no. Uh, otherwise, uh, make sure you're uh, finding us on Facebook so you can uh, you know vote when yeah. we uh, do our... Uh, uh, you know, Nintendo uh, music bracket and then any other future uh, voting and brackets uh, that we do there. Uh, otherwise, though, uh, Chops, I think we can uh, uh, say goodbye. Yeah. So thanks for everyone listening, and we'll see you when, when the, the legend, legend continues. is being devoured by dark water. Only Ren, a young prince, can stop it by finding the lost 13 treasures of war. At his side is an unlikely but loyal crew of misfits. At his back, the evil pirate lord Blood, who will stop at nothing to get the treasures for himself. It's high adventure with the Pirates of Dark Water.